remind you of theme park rides, theme park snacks, and theme park fun. You know, without all the sweaty, smelly children around. So do we. Go to ParkSense.com and save 20% off using the code BINGE20 at checkout. ParkSense.com has candles, room sprays, wax melts, and oils. If you like your room smelling like the E.T. ride at Universal, ParkSense is your man. Just go to ParkSense.com, buy some loot, and use the code BINGE20 at checkout for 20% off your entire order. That's BINGE20 at checkout for 20% off. ParkSense.com. Made by fans. For the fans. Welcome to the first half of the BingeCast on the Binge Media Podcast Network. All of our listeners receive the first half of the BingeCast for free, while premium members receive the full binge. Available exclusively at patreon.com slash binge media. For only $5 a month, premium members get early access to the full binge. Vote on monthly commentaries, tournaments, games, and access to the Binge Media Discord server. Join us today at patreon.com slash binge media for only $5 a month. Well, here, here's your opportunity. And now, the Binge Cast. They cry, sweat, and piss, all fucking at the same time. It's the binge cast. Whoa, it's the binge cast. Alex and Law will review what they saw. Huh? They can give it a ten, huh? they can give it a four. It's the binge cast. Whoa, it's the binge cast. They got Google Voice and fucking TV roundup. What did you watch a while? to the binge cast on bingemedia.net i'm your host alex and sierra and i'm here with my boys pete and jack valley yo 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 you know really ruined a nice nice intro and a nice i feel like i from pete it made it better yeah yeah, it's like you talked all over me fucking your sounder was all over fucking pete's intro well you know nice greeting shit happens Gotta be faster than that. So, yeah. I, I just said what's that. up. I mean, oh, that's all you said. Oh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what's going on, man? It's been a whole week since I talked to you. We were doing like multiple shows a week. Yeah, and House yeah. of Dragon and is then, over, and now I fucking barely hear from you. I know, I know. Those uh, those days are, are long gone. Uh, maybe they'll maybe those days will be here again at some point, but uh, they're not now, and they're not soon either. But maybe well, someday. Well, nice uh, nice of you to hype that up, Pete. What's going on? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, Pete? Um, nothing. You and I are um, just starting up our next batch of commentaries. Yes. I don't know if we can announce that. I think we can. We posted it, right? Yeah. We're doing the uh, 12 comms of Bingemas. Uh, mm-hmm. We will release the full list uh, December 1st. So stay on the lookout for that. And I believe the first three will be on the uh, free RSSS feed and the um, 
back nine will be uh, on the Patreon. Full binge. That's a nice little golf reference for you. Um, or from you. And I think, uh, you know, that's kind of like your entryway into the sports cast and the hosting your you own sports cast. You got the back nine. You know how Jack fucking cut me off with uh, his intro? How could I forget? Fucking cut the sports cast off. I'm going <laughs> to steal their show. After football season, you should just pick up the sports cast. I'm going to take it over. Yeah. I won't watch anything except the top 10 plays of the day, and I'll just do commentaries on that. It's like they left the binge sports cast studios, and like you just come in overnight. Oh, they leave it too. Oh, yeah. Fucking, fucking football. Jerseys all over the place. Mouthpieces. What are you guys doing? <sighs> what are they mouthpieces for? They, they mouthpiece while you're talking on air? What the fuck? They're oh, so guys. sporty. <laughs> I've never been more excited for the NFL season to be over. I got to hear this show. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. All right, everybody, you're listening to the Free Binge. And on the Free Binge, we're going to be reviewing White Lotus season two premiere. And mm-hmm. they just released the Roku Channel original, Weird Al. So we're going to be mm-hmm. reviewing that on the free binge. On the full binge, what's the full binge? Well, that's our Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash binge media. Five bucks a month gets you the full binge. And we're going to be reviewing all the spillover things that we've been watching throughout the week. Don't worry, darling. That other movie, that other TV show, lots of stuff. As well as the 12 Comes of Benjamins on the, the back nine of the 12 Comes of Benjamins. Back nine. I, yeah, I just wanted to get that really, you know, nailed down. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Now, Jack, it's your first watch of White Lotus. You let us know that you didn't watch the first season. I know that was kind of mm. uh, on your docket, your Meg's docket, for a bit. Yeah. I so interested to hear your thoughts on that. And, sure. um, you know, I, I, and I think one of those shows that you could just pick up in the second season. Don't you think, Pete? Like, there is a reoccurring character, or two at least, and uh, doesn't seem to be any spoilers or anything. It's just different location. That's it. Yeah, I think that's the only info I gave Jack was that White Lotus is a chain of hotels. This is a different location, and, you know, a certain character is brought over another character from season one. I think that's pretty much it. I was trying to – just kind of racking my brain just to be like, did I miss anything? I don't want him to go into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, tonally – you know, I know what to expect and you know what to expect for season two. So mm-hmm. hopefully he picks up on that. Yeah. Vibe. yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you liked uh, episode one of season two, Jack, I highly recommend to do season one, but I'm sure we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. And that's going to be in TV roundup. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we got NPR Moreno tonight. All right. Yeah, That's he's right. like a very low key. Well, I I was just taking my my tips from tits. NPR Jim Law. Oh. <laughs> and my tips from NPR Jim Law. Now, oh, we, yeah. We reviewed the very first Joblo movie podcast on the Patreon page. Another reason to sign up. Patreon.com slash binge media. Mm-hmm. You and I. Went through the first Joe Blue movie podcast with a solo Jim Law. Now, Jack, did you get a chance to listen to that? I uh, started it. I have not finished, but uh, I did get to a little bit of the NPR Law, and uh, <laughs> I remember those days. They're very uh, Pete. Maybe you, you're in the same boat as me with this, but like, uh, it's very nostalgic. It's very nostalgic hearing that stuff. You know, <laughs> you're, you're yeah, just like, holy, I mean, this is like a fucking decade ago. I was listening to this. Two thousand nine. 
2000, so bizarre. 2009. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I didn't catch the first like few shows. I caught it a little bit later once Alex was already on. So yeah. I didn't really. I was a little late. I didn't hear the solo law shows. So gotcha. law shows. Whoa. Oh. Hey, that's full binge comedy right there. Hey, look out, everybody. I'm coming through. <laughs> I'm coming through like a Jack intro sounder. <laughs> uh, Jack, the first four episodes, solo law for the Joe Blue Movie podcast. I show up, and then it's like hour and a half, almost two hours. <laughs> it just gets fucking super long in the tooth. Now, if I remember correctly, the, the stuff you were reviewing was not in the titles for maybe 10 shows? For a while, yeah, right? Yeah, because right? they were just numbers at first. Yes. Yeah, so it's just I caught it. Yeah, I started listening when, you know, in the title of the show had titles of TV shows and movies. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there early on where it was like, movie podcast one, movie podcast two, I, I Jack, when did you uh, start? Were you there that early? It, it had to be because I do remember hearing Law Solo. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've thought about this before. Like, when did I first start listening to the old show? And I don't know that I could tell you exactly when. I just, when I hear certain stuff, I remember hearing it, you know? Like, I can tell you the first podcast I ever listened to was. Kevin Smith uh, Smodcast, and that kind of, you know, when I found out that the old site had a podcast, and that the old site had a lot of people who wrote in, like, I don't know, had the perspective that I had on movies, I figured, oh, well, the podcast probably has that too, and then, you know, I, I, I can't tell you exactly when that was, but if... If the Chachi the Obese Nudist stuff was from 2009, <laughs> it has to be 2009. Like, yeah. And that's just mind-blowing to me that it's been that fucking yeah. long. Yeah, and for the listeners, Jack's 10 years younger than me. I get, I get you too, Pete. No, well, you're two years younger than me. But, like, yeah. so how old were you in 2009? I, it's easier for you because you're good at math, and I'm not. So yeah. let's go put it that way. How, how old was I in 2009? <laughs> yeah. Were you, like, 16? Just fucking... Yeah, it was you know, 20, right? Lunch? Yeah, 20. Oh, were you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, 2000. Yeah, so. No, so yeah, right right in the pocket there. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, crazy. Crazy. Fantastic. Yeah, and I think, you know, he did Chachi. He did the Chachi bit for the first, I think, four until he came along, and then he abandoned it, which means we got, you know, three other Chachi bits to review, <laughs> which I'm really excited about. We were talking about, like, you know, scheduling the 12 Comms of Binge Miss and which movies and ordering stuff. Mm-hmm. And Law's like, yeah, I'll um, yeah, I'll let you know what I think after I listen to uh, Binge Lore, which is what we called it. And uh, after I'm done slitting my wrists, I'll let you guys know. So he's, <laughs> he wasn't very excited to... Uh, to tap into that at all, and we haven't heard he, we haven't heard anything about the list. Oh, he, you know that, that motherfucker saving it. You know he is. He got a little <laughs> notebook with shit he wants to talk about. <laughs> Trash us on. Well, I'm saying about the Christmas list. He never even got back to us about the order. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's dead probably. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm guessing. He slid his wrist. Thought there's no more law. <laughs> that's it. Oh god. Oh. I'm alive. I don't think oh, he was shit. That yeah, bad. There he is. Never mind. He's, he's alive. I, it wasn't that bad. We didn't trash him that harshly. Not at all. 
Look, the guy wrote a bit for a solo show. And it played? It played well. I thought it played well. He goes through, he's trying to describe Chachi, the obese nudist, in various (laughs) ways. And he goes, the motherfucker's fat. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And it's like, you know, that's the law that I know. All right. Not this guy. Uh, Not this guy. He's like right up on the mic. and very quiet. Don't want to wake the house up. (laughs) Hey, if it wasn't for that show, Jack and I would not be here right now. That's right. That is true. That's That's true. It's all our fault. Okay. Mm. We do voicemails (laughs) on this show, everybody. And before we play voicemails, we like to play sounders. And before we play sounders, I like to intro him. Here's a Google Voice sounder. Let's call Google Voice. Ah, let's call that Mexican. Let's call PMC. Yeah, that drunk Canadian. Oh, maybe I'll call Seven No. Eight four six nine five four six suck on oh, my balls. Just suck my fucking balls. Ooh, well, nice. honeydew white lotus action right there. Oh, God, At the end of that. Seven zero eight four zero six nine five four six. That is the voicemail number for their binge media voicemail, and you can leave a voicemail like these fellas did here, or this fella in particular. Here we go. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Fonzo, aka Do from the Stairs. So I'm sitting here on my lunch break. Fonzo, a.k.a. Dude from the Stairs, a guy we haven't heard from in a long time. What's up, buddy? And definitely a person that you should follow on Instagram hmm. because he just goes around to different movie locations in L.A. and goes to all the different horror conventions, takes a lot of pictures, brings his boys with him. Just a, just a good follow. Yeah. Great dude. Big good fan. Shit. Huge fan. I don't know. Huge. AK do from the stairs. So I'm sitting here on my lunch break watching the behind the scenes to attack the block. I love that movie. Nice. It got me thinking, what's your guys' favorite special feature or documentary that, you know, I used to love getting on with the DVD or a Blu-ray and just diving into it. I remember Rob Zombie, you know, for whatever you guys think of the movies, he had a four hour uh, documentary making of, of the, of the movie. And I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, I watched every minute of it. That was pretty cool. I mean, it showed you how, from beginning, from script to everything, uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, to just this, with the stunts, action sequences, special effects, stuff like that. Um, do you guys have a special feature that you guys like? Kind of revisit, or you go, man, this, or you learn something new by watching the special features on a DVD or Blu-ray. So uh, yeah, let me know. Hope you guys have a good show and flick uh, a bubble. Good. Jesus, thanks, Fonzo. Seven zero eight four zero six nine five four six is the Google Voice mail number. I re- seem to remember, I don't know if it's Glenn Gary, but it was one of those movies that is very dialogue heavy where they showed the mm. scene and then like the bottom third was the script that mm. like you followed uh-huh. the script as it went along. I, I seem to think it was Glenn Gary. Does that ring any bells for you guys? It does. It does. Yeah, I think I've seen something like that. I, I can't remember if it was Glenn Gary or not, but o- almost like a pop up video kind of thing. But as the. As the screenplay yeah. instead, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you can kind of see the difference between the both of them. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've seen clips of, of stuff like that for, I want to say Reservoir Dogs, actually. That kind that of might rings be a it. bell. That of might like, be it, yeah. Uh, of watching, um, like, the uh, the scene with Mr. Orange and Mr. Pink talking about what they're going to do 
uh, or Mr. White and Mr. Pink talking about what they're going to do with Mr. Orange in the uh, in the back room there. Right in the back. I kind of remember yeah. seeing that with the screenplay on it, but I could I don't know could be bullshit. But yeah, yeah, it's a, that's a, it's a cool concept. Yeah, because during that time, I mean, I haven't had physical media in a long time, but I remember watching that, and also like at work, just not working, but going to like simplyscripts dot com and just reading oh, sure. movie scripts like all fucking day. So I was just like obsessed with like the translation from going from script to screen. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that comes to mind as a special feature that I still will go back and check out is I'll dip into the Lord of the Rings appendices like all the time. Um, so much nice. interesting stuff there. Uh, you know, the, it, it's both like making of pre-production, post-production, and all these amazing stories around the set and, you know, like little things like the, the whole idea that this, the cast, the fellowship all got the elvish word for nine tattooed somewhere on them. Mm-hmm. And, and just the nine of them have that. And I think Peter Jackson and, and like that's it. It was just a special thing for all of them. I remember seeing a little featurette on that. Um, memories of like, you know, they're, they're, fil- they're filming scenes near a river and you've got like. Elijah Wood and Sean Astin in the foreground talking to the camera about how it's cold outside and that they've been, you know, they've been working all day, but they're having a good time. And then in the background, you just see fucking Viggo Mortensen in his Aragorn garb and like waiters standing in the water, just fishing with a, with a fucking pipe in his mouth. And it's just like, but like legitimately fishing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like really just, it's, it's just B roll, you know, they're filming documentary shit and he's just like fishing in between takes. It's just like a fucking fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I love I love the appendices. I think I think they tell like just as interesting of a story as the movies do. Really, really cool special yeah, yeah. feature uh, collection. You think they'll ever do like a multi part documentary? I mean, you got the appendices, but like some other version of that, telling the story behind the behind the scenes and all that. I don't know what they could add. Like mm-hmm. that th- that whole thing is kind of perfect um, because it gives you all of the making of stuff that you'd expect, but then also, I mean, you can go as, as deep as you want to with the, with, with all that stuff. Like there, there's literally, you know, interviews with Alan Lee, who was this kind of, uh, I don't, I guess, renowned Lord of the Rings illustrator for the novelizations uh, or the, or the books rather. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I have a set of the trilogy of the Alan Lee uh, illustrations that are amazing, like hardcover, incredible stuff. A lot like you and I go back and forth with the Song of Ice and Fire stuff once yeah. in a while. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of that. And Alan Lee sitting there talking about like, here's my here's my painting that I came up with, and then it shows you on screen what they went with, and you see how much his stuff influenced the look of those movies. Um, there's a whole, and I can't remember the, the specifics of the story now, but there's a song in Return of the King in, called Into the West that I think played over the credits, which is actually about a kid who I think died of cancer, but had come to the set and met the cast. And like, there's a whole featurette about his story and Jesus. the making of that song and what it means. Like just every aspect of the making of those movies is covered. It's really, really good stuff. Damn. Yeah. I don't think I ever dived into that. Or oh, dove so into good. it. Yeah. Appendices. So good. So good. Writing it down on my palm right now, so I don't forget. There you go. <laughs> Maybe you should write it on your appendix. 
Hey. hey, I don't have appendix, you fucking asshole. Oh why, don't you, why don't you be a little bit more open to people's fucking organs that they no longer have? You fucking son of a bitch. OG zombie. Exactly, Law. <laughs> what about you, Pete? What's your favorite? Um, uh, uh, before I get into that, yeah. uh, check out Fonzo's uh, YouTube page. It's Fonzo, F-O-N-S-O, 13. What? I didn't know yeah, he goes to cons and stuff and signings. And, I didn't uh, know he had a YouTube page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out his uh, page. It's, got, it's, a, it's good shit. What is it? Fonzo13? Fonzo13. F-O-N-S-O-13. This guy. He's got good vids. Just some unboxing stuff. Like I said, go to, he goes to cons, signings, all that stuff. Good for him. Yeah, Fantastic. He makes me, je- he makes me, he makes me jealous. Where I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. I want to go up to somebody and be like, sign this. And I'm just like too shy. And, you can. No, I can't personally. Yeah, you can. I can't. <laughs> No, I know I could. I physically, mentally cannot. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm trying to think of some... Like, my favorite part of DVD special features are, obviously, well, for me, uh, gag reel, blooper reel. I love that. Nice. Um, and, the, honestly, the commentaries for me... Um, when, is the, when it's cast and director. Sometimes that gets a little muddy. Because everyone's just talking over each other and um, just trying to be all jokey, um, but I like I like the J.J. Abrams commentaries, like the original Star Trek ones. Great, they got Lindelof on that. Uh, no cast nice. on that. Uh, Super Eight Com is good, and even Favreau has some really great comms with Elf and uh, I think there's I think there's one, one for with Maid, Swingers. Oh yeah, Made it's Maid's him and really Vaughn, yep. and they're able to write. On the screen, as if like they're doing like an NFL X's and O's type thing. <laughs> awesome. So that yeah. one's that one's a pretty great commentary, but you don't see that anymore. Um, but yeah, those are those are my boys, Fabs and, and JJ. Anything with those guys? Special. Pages. I would have thought but like yeah. maybe a Spiel a Spielberg, like a War of the Worlds or something like that. Uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, like whatever special features. Yeah, he. You know what he does? He's never done one commentary. Yeah, I can see that. And they joke about that on the Super Eight commentary, and they try to call him to get him <laughs> on the commentary. That's, <laughs> that's awesome, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> hey, do you want to provide some commentary did. right now? <laughs> We're at thirty-four <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> They don't get through. I'll you, tell you, that. you you talking about the uh, the Super Eight one just reminded me of <clears throat> one of my favorites uh, as far as like commentaries go is the True Romance Special Edition because it has you have you got Tony Scott one track you got Tarantino uh-huh. another track which Tarantino I don't know at least back then didn't really do a lot of commentaries uh-huh. or at least for like his own films. And then the other one you had Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette, which is like you know, the actors not as fun in terms of like details, technical things yeah. that you might want to know. Uh, but that Tarantino one in the is fucking like, oh, it's one of my fucking favorites. He just tells so many stories, he, and it's a very different Tarantino because he's he's basically like, you know, Clarence Worley is me. Like I I wrote this as if. You know, this is what I was going through in my life at that time. And when me and Roger Avery were trying to get this off the ground, you know, I was going to be 
acting as Clarence. Like I was going to play the Clarence role and stuff like that. So, mm. and then Tony Scott, you know, Tony Scott, just having his like unabashed love for the <laughs> script, but then like loving the character so much that he changed the ending of the, of the movie. Mm. And then he talks about having a conversation with Tarantino and Tarantino was pissed about it. And he's mm. just like, no dude, I fucking love these characters. And I want him to see him make it. And you're just like, Oh yeah. God damn it. Tony Scott recipes. You, um, you just reminded me of something that came yeah, up did. this past week. Oh. Fucking Tarantino's new book dropped. The oh, uh, really? Cinema Speculation novel. Yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm definitely going to get my hands on soon. But he, you know, he was he was doing the rounds, right? Like uh, interviews on different shows and stuff. And it uh, and one of the shows he was talking about. Um, I oh god, I can't remember the movie he was talking about. But he mentioned that the character in the movie acts a lot like the Submariner in the comics, right? So Submariner's, you know, Marvel Comics character. He's Namor. He's going to be in this new Black Panther movie. And mm. it got me thinking, it's kind of funny, you know, you brought up True Romance, and, like, Clarence works in a comic book shop. And I think mm-hmm. it's so interesting that, like, Tarantino and Spielberg did this, too. They both talk about how much they loved reading comic books as a kid. And both of them and I, I, they're not the only filmmakers who have done this, but, like, both of them have been, I don't want to say, like, against all the comic book movies coming out, but 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 definitely not in favor of them, you know? Like, when they've made comments th- about them, they're just like, yeah, they're kind of not what I, what what they were to me back then. It, it, I, I think that's so interesting that, like, the current state of all that shit that, you know, audiences love as much as they do, these guys were inspired by it. They infused a lot of that into their movies, whether it was, like, Raiders or kill bill or any of that and and both of them have this like really i don't know ambivalent opinion of yeah of comic book movies i think that's like fucking fascinating yeah i think i I picked i definitely picked that up when he was on the rogan show when tarantino Mm -hmm. was on the rogan show and you know like fucking rogan's you know rogan's rogan yeah rogan's rogan but also like rogan doesn't ask good questions about movies because you know Mm -hmm. he's guys just like you know Okay, Tarantino, what actually was in the briefcase? It's like he doesn't want to fuck. You know what I mean? Like, what what are we talking right. about over here? And all that speculation has been out for years. But Tarantino was talking about like comic book movies in that discussion, and he was saying how I'm probably going to butcher it, but <clears throat> how when he was growing up reading comic books, that was kind of like the fringe art. You know, like not everybody yeah. was reading comic books, and then in the yeah. '80s, um, he kind of compared it to. Uh, the comic book movie wave now as like, that's the mainstream and it's safe. There's no, there's nothing risky about watching or mm-hmm. even like producing a, a comic book movie. Cause the right. audience already knows what's going to happen in terms of like the characters, yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of characters, the characters you think are going to be safe are going to be safe. Characters you think are going to die are going to die. And, yep. mm. and he just kind of talked about how like, there's no rebellious, uh, like filmmakers or rebellious uh, anti-establishment like movies the way there was in the 80s. Mm. And I was just like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about because like as far as the 80s go, you know, we just think of, you know, the Arnold movies or Stallone or, you know, shit like that. But then he starts bringing up all these other 80s movies that I didn't even heard of. And you're just like, okay, maybe yeah. there's something there, you know. there's like, well, And well, that's, that's when I started the docket. 
<laughs> well, well, that's that's a, that's another fucking weird thing too, because he's one of the guys that always talks about how the '80s were a shit decade for cinema. Sure, like yeah, he he brings it up all the time. In fact, on that uh, on their fucking podcast, him and Roger Avery talk about how like yeah, there were, there were some good movies in the '80s, but largely it just became like you know really mainstream uh please everybody popcorn yes. flicks just yeah. dominated everything and like squashed the stuff that they found interesting which is like such a weird i don't know it's 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 consistent on his like perspective cuz you yeah. know obviously he said he said it in a lot of different places and comes to the same conclusion but at the same time it's like it's just so fucking weird like i i, I don't know to, to have that kind of opinion of of like stuff that everybody likes is is very strange but i guess you know starting as like a video store nerd where you know i i'm i know better than you do from the start kind of thing maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe that's just like ingrained in them now but yeah, i don't I know just, just i just remember him, him bringing up like in those examples of like streets of fire and like walter hill movies like things mm-hmm. that weren't i mean you were like a fucking punk kid or like and he had to go out of your way to watch like streets of fire you know Right. I think that was kind of like what he was going with. Yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. You, you mentioned the true romance thing. It got me, got me thinking about that. So. Oh, yeah. It's so good, man. It's been a while since I've yeah. revisited that. All right. Thanks, Fonzo, for the question. Seven zero eight four zero six nine five four six. We did get a few more voicemails. We're going to answer them on the other side during the full binge. Um. Can I throw one more special feature out there? It just occurred to me. But What's that? I've said it in the past. I'll say it again. I think Eric King might have got his hands on this finally. Showgirls with oh, the yes. commentary that is called The Greatest Movie Ever Made. It, it probably is the funniest movie I've ever seen. Absolutely. Uh, I've, been, I've been trying to get my hands on it for a while. To uh, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to AMG. He has not been... Uh, He's not been, been been fruitful in this uh, avenue uh, with this specific audio track. But, uh, yeah, if you can get your hands on that, it is <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh, really? That's not widely available? <laughs> it's not. It's Weirdly. not? Jeez. Now, that's the that's the commentary with the, the guy. He's a writer, isn't he? He's a writer. He's a mega fan of. He claims he's a mega fan of Showgirls, and I think I know I've said this on podcasts before, but back this had to be like ten years ago. MGM released a fucking box set of Showgirls that I, had like <laughs> I used to have that. I got, I got because I I had to review it for Joe Blow, so they yeah, sent me yeah. that whole thing, and it was like I was just embarrassed sure. to even have it in my house. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I think I wound up selling it or something, and just keeping the it DVD. Was, it was a poster with a game with two suction cup pasties. It was pinned yep. pasties on the stripper. It had an eye mask. It had a deck of playing cards. Mm-hmm. I want to say maybe a shot glass and, and shot then the glass. DVD. And it was in like a red velvet box. <laughs> and MGM fucking shipped their movie. Yep. And they figured the best way to make money off it was to put a commentary that rips the ever-living fuck out of it. <laughs> well, within minutes, the guy's talking about the movie. And he's like, oh, this look, I'm an unabashed fan of this, blah, blah, blah. And then mid-sentence, he goes, hold on. This could be the best scene of the movie. And just is quiet for like 15 seconds just watching a movie. Well, I, there, there's so many little moments. Like, like there, there's a scene in the movie where 
the main character and one of the other strippers go to to eat lunch and they talk about eating dog food and then like they they touch they're eating chips and they like toast with their chips and they they do it in the movie and the, the guy's like hold on hold on best scene in the movie's coming yeah, out yep, they yep. do the thing and then he goes they toast with their chips fucking brilliant <laughs> all right i'm gonna put it in the uh, discord yeah. so you guys can see it but this is what it looked like it's the best all right showgirl oh Man. look at that yeah i wound up getting rid of that because i'm like i don't want this in my house i got a fucking <laughs> i got a daughter i'm not fucking <laughs> and i'm not putting it under my bed like I'm not fucking doing any of that shit. That might have been one of the last ones I sold when I got rid of the DVDs. Yeah. I I, I fucking held on to that thing like a badge of honor. In fact, I think I still have the playing cards in my poker set. I'm pretty sure. If I do, I'll I'll snap a photo and send it to you guys later. I think I rage sold that. Fuck you, bird. (laughs) (laughs) That's so stupid. Okay. Thank you, Fonzo, for calling in. All right. We are going to do a little Teeves. And before we do that, we like to play some sound discs. Fantastic. <laughs> I want to hear that live, Pete. The challenge has been set. I want to hear that live. God damn it. <laughs> Tom, get learning. Get learning, sir. I want to hear how out of breath you are playing the drums and then doing the Baba Dick. Ba, 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 dirt, ba. Oh, I have to <laughs> sing and play drums? Great. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> challenge. I'm sure Jack can learn drums by then. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It sounds like he's into I'll give it. Give a shot. Challenge. All right. Our feature review for TV Roundup is the second season premiere of White Lotus. It's back. White Lotus Resort is something that um, obviously only rich people go to and the poor people work at. Seems that way. Yeah. Seems that way. Um, You know, we're in what? Sicily now? Is that where we are? Yes. Yes. Sicily. 
first season, Jack, was in Hawaii. And okay. I really liked the, the, the uh, you know, the, the beginning of the, uh, of the episode starts off with the boat. And that was a kind of like a big thing in the first season. How it started is getting to know the people that are going to be staying at the resort. And they're just all kind of like eyeballing each other on the boat. So it was for me, Pete, it was like kind of like refreshing to kind of <laughs> to be back on this boat for some reason. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I've been here before. This is kind of new. It's a different location, but we're on the fucking Lotus boat. All right. Yeah. I, don't know. I was totally on board. Oh, my God. Oh, see what I did? They got a boat. Like, on the board. Sure. On, on board see, like Jack gets it. I don't know if oh, Alex dude. got it. I don't know if Alex got it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got it. Because the Yay. boat thing, on board. Like, on the ocean. God yeah. damn it. Yes. Like with a crew and stuff, you know? All right. Well, I meant like diving board. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh, no. I, I thought you meant B-O-R-E-D because that's how I feel about this conversation right now. Hey. Hey, come oh, on. No. Come on. No, Skipper, come what do you got? <laughs> um, uh, where do we start here? Do we start with Jack because he didn't watch season one? Yeah, we, well, uh... I mean, uh, yeah, let's do that. You know, the setup for White Lotus is that a bunch of... I don't know, affluent people go to this really swanky resort and you get to know them and their lives. But the very first episode of the first season and this season is mm-hmm. the, the series, basically a murder mystery. There is mm-hmm. a dead body of some sort that yeah. we know of in the, in the second season, the first season, the first scene is just like the guy being like, you know, there's something about a dead body. Oh no, he see he sees the coffin being loaded into the plane. Is that it, Pete? Correct. Yeah, it was the, Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, the douche dude saw it. So, setting the kind of setting the stage, Jack. You know, you hmm. got Quithafel Maltathante. Mm. You got <laughs> F Murray Abraham. <laughs> you know, Kundun. I liked it. Kundun. I loved it. And uh, you got F. Murray Abraham, Jennifer Coolidge, and well, what is his name? I always forget his name. He's Uncle Rico, right? Or he's not Uncle Rico? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh John yeah. Grice. John, John Grice. Grice. Yeah. So they're they're the returning characters, and we got a another couple of couples: mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza mm-hmm. and I forget the kid from Divergent, whatever. Theo James. Theo James. That's it. That's it. Okay. So, um, yeah, what do you what are you thinking, Jack? Yeah, so I mean, right out the gate, um, definitely like the setting. Um, it immediately reminded me of the the trip series with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Um, one of the one of the seasons of that they are in Italy. So uh, I don't know, just cool to cool to be here, cool to see this. You know, the first thing I thought of when they were getting off the boat was sometimes it's it's weird that. Hollywood has these projects that come out and they have these weird similarities. Like, like they'll, mm. they'll come out within a month of each other. And it just so happens that like, Oh, white Lotus and uh, what is it? Glass onion are coming out. Oh, they both are starting out like on some incredible oh, yeah, Island yeah. resort looking thing. Isn't and, that fucking weird? And their posters know? and one sheets look very, very similar too. Very similar. Um, what the and they're fuck? both, it looks like they're both murder mysteries. Uh, oh, I don't know. It's just, weird when that shit happens but uh 
But yeah, I mean, I really like the cast. Uh, you know, F. Murray Abraham, we just saw him in Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, obviously, he's the center of Amadeus, which we did a docket for with me and Jim Law a little while back. Um, I, I love him. He, I think he's a phenomenal actor. Um, I keep saying to myself, i got to watch more of his movies. It just everything I see him in, I, I love him. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. Um like you said, uh, you know, you got you got Imperioli there, who I, I got to say, like, he looks still looks like he's got gray hair, but he still looks very young. Like, he looks very good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what he's doing, but I don't know if it's like additional moisturizer or something. But he, you know, he's doing it well. And um, yeah, the rest of the cast. Um, there's another woman in this who I know from a couple of the Koganada movies. Uh, Who's that? He made a movie called After Yang and then mm. Columbia a few years ago. Uh, but Haley Lou Richardson, she's Jennifer Coolidge's assistant. Okay. Um, she's, she's a pretty good actress. Um, she was good in Columbia. She was, she was good in, in Yang. Um, so I, you know, that, that seems like a very small kind of, uh, I, I don't know, not a nothing part, but like there isn't much to it yet, but I could see, there will probably be a lot more to that character just because of what I've seen her in elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, Aubrey Plaza is pretty solid so far. Um, she's doing something different than her normal kind of just weirdo angle. Uh, it still is like standoffish, but in a different yeah, kind of yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that. Um, like she, I don't know, seems like a mega bitch kind of, but also weirdly justified in it based on like what another character does in a scene it's just it's it's awkward it's like weirdly awkward mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know first episode is is interesting I, i'm not in love with it um i i think that it's there, there's something about it that that seems a little bit try hard to me and i'm not sure what that is uh i watched the episode a couple hours ago so i'm still kind of forming my thoughts here but yeah uh, yeah yeah i i don't know i I didn't find it very funny, and I've heard that this show is funny. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if maybe I just am, the jokes are going over my head or, or what. But um, I don't know. I, Pete, what do you, what did you think of this? Well, as far as uh, the comedic parts, I believe Coolidge was really the only thing. Well, Coolidge and um, Armand, who was the uh, Oh, he was like the great. manager of the hotel. We don't have that. Steve's on in too in that season. first season. Yeah, he was. I think there's a lot less. I think it's just like F. Murray right now and Coolidge yeah. as the uh, comedic relief. But yeah, there's some. It's it's yeah. There's not many uh, hysterical. Got it. Actors, Got it. Okay. Characters, actors going on here. It's a little less right now. It's a little less. We have a um, less uh, funny. Mm. characters right now um but i do like uh the setup of everybody like i'm back in white lotus mode i'm i'm just getting to know these characters i'm getting very excited to trying to guess what's going on uh but the intro credits makes it seem like it's a very sexual season yeah um f murray's horny (laughs) as fuck um his grandson is probably going to get with Coolidge's assistant. Coolidge and Seems her like husband are going through something. Then we got Aubrey Plaza and that other guy whipping out his wang. We got mm-hmm. Michael Imperioli with the uh, prostitute. I mean, it just mm-hmm. seems like a, a something of, like sex is the 
theme this season. Oh yeah, and I was going to ask if that was a thing in season one too. So that that's something new this this season. Yeah, I mean, if I if there was a theme in the first season, I went over my head. Yeah, I okay. mean, there were there was some sex in the first season. Uh, Jack, you're you're going to wind up watching it. So I don't want to spoil sure, any like yeah. character beats or anything like that because some of them are pretty funny, especially with Steve's on. Um, his right. fucking. <laughs> His whole arc yeah. in that fucking first season is so fucking funny. Oh, so and that was like, it was such great comedy relief. And that that's kind of my thing with this first episode is I don't really see any comedy breaks in here so far. It's a little bit serious. And this is a good place to be for me, like com- comedy wise, because comedy comes from surprise and I'm not going to see it coming. So mm. that's going to be uh, that's going to be fun to look out for. But there really isn't anybody. So, like, first season, you see Steve Zahn. It's like, all right, that's the funny guy. I mean, if you know Steve Zahn, you're like, I don't think he's here for the fucking serious part. And he's he's not. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Like, the concierge, the concierge in this, the woman is, like, kind of a hard ass and really, like, stuck up. And she comes off funny that way because she's just rude to everybody. And I don't know if that's something that you have to pick up like if you've been to Sicily or you know Sicilians or whatever like I don't know if that's they're just rude or I don't know she comes mm-hmm. off funny to me in that way yeah so you got that part of it um there was what's her name uh Sid, uh Sydney Swan Sydney Swan I think was in the first I think that's her name the oh, blonde she was Sweeney. in Euphoria Sweeney Sweeney there you go yep yeah. okay she was in the first one and if I remember, Pete, you didn't like those two, and that felt like, I, for me, that was like the weakest part of that season, and I love that season, and I didn't yeah, hate yeah. them, but it, they were kind of annoying. I think you were supposed to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so, I, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I don't like this person that I'm supposed to not like. Yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> am I supposed to like that I don't like them? I'm confused. Oh, great. <laughs> Fucking Hollywood, am I right, guys? But Coolidge was a lot is a lot funnier in season one. She's kind of a little bit of a bitch <laughs> and a mess. She's a fucking yeah. mess in that first season, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's a bitch, especially to the assistant this season. Oh, she's her. terrible. Uh, obviously, yeah. it is only this season because the assistant's not in the first season. But yeah, complete bitch. Oh, she's terrible. She's terrible to her. Fucking brings her so along, F- and then is just like, stay out of the way. <laughs> Go to your room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's annoying. But at the same time, if I was her, I would just be like, oh, well, I've, I've got a vacation that's paid for here. So I'm just going to fucking, like, leave. Like, I'm yeah, just, just going to go I do my thing. Like, what? I, Yeah, I kind of didn't understand her attitude in that. Yeah. Either. So, so that's, like, the best gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just like, got the fully, best gig. I'm, I'm getting paid and somebody's paying for me to be here. Uh, okay, cool. I'm just going to fucking, I'll see you in a week. Like, like literally what she says, I'll see you in a week. Like, what else I'll get a disguise and I will live the <laughs> right. life at this hotel. Yeah. Right. Now, Jack, did you watch the trailer before you took in the, the season premiere? No. No. I've, okay. I've kind of been going like a Kupka route of trying to not watch as many trailers these days. So right, if you're going the Kupka route, in. just keep it at that, though. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Too <laughs> you don't want to go full no. Kupka. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like buying fucking <laughs> ICP albums or anything like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it, in, the, in the trailer, the only sense that you get 
that F. Murray is kind of a horn dog is that he says something about flirting, like flirting is like the spice of life or whatever. Mm. And how much of a horn dog he is in that first season or the first uh, the first episode of the season? Yeah, I I just can't. That's going to be the comedy for me to see how it's going to be the F. Murray horny show for me. I can't wait to see how sure. that plays out because it seems like he and can yeah. get up to some shenanigans there. <laughs> well, why else is he there, right? <laughs> exactly. Do we want to take any guesses as to um, who is in the ocean in the beginning? Or do you think it's like random? Do you think it's a main character? Have, did you guys think I, of it, I, that? I, I did have a guess. Yeah. Uh, watching it with Liz. Jack, did you have a guess? Or like, were you even in like the guessing game part of your watch? I didn't. I honestly didn't think about it until Pete just asked that. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a guess. My first one was uh, uh, Michael Imperioli. Mm. That was my first, my instinctual mm. guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm. 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 Yeah, I don't know who. I like that guess. Maybe F. Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we just start naming attack. the whole cast. Maybe Jennifer Coolidge. Could be Jennifer <laughs> John Grise, Grise, Grise seems like maybe it could be him. But what's weird about that scene is her husband is not sitting next to her or anywhere near her on the beach. The uh, Theo James. True, true, true. So as I was thinking about it, I'm like, where, where's he? So obviously there's going to be a big, uh, I don't know, character change right there because they're kind of next to each other this whole time. I gotta say that was kind of a bizarre setup with Theo James and and Aubrey Plaza for that moment in the in the yeah, bedroom. I know what was going to happen there? What? What? How? In what? And how? How does that fucking happen? Like that's not happening with me, you know. No, no, yeah, that's it's just fucking weird that they'd be okay with that. Yeah, like, how did the, her Aubrey's husband not be like, uh, you or you know, Aubrey be like, you fucking go get the baby? Hey, we'll be back, guys. I'll bring you your fucking trunks. It's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, Come on. strange. Very strange. Especially given that uh, she's not like, yeah, it's, it's just a it's a weird setup because like they don't she doesn't like him at all. Like it's been pretty established that they kind of can't stand. She can't stand him or her, his wife. Yeah, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. just, it's strange. And then uh, again, like, I, I, what kind of? I'm just trying to think of like what kind of guy would just like drop his shorts in someone else's hotel room without like I don't know, just and making, making sure, sure that he's got a little bit of privacy or something. It's just fucking strange. And making, but making sure that he's in her sightline. Right. You know, with the mirror and everything. It's fucking yeah. bizarre. And then, like, they're talking about, like, Theo was like, oh, you know, he was the, meaning Aubrey's husband, because they're old college roommates. He hmm. was the first incel or whatever. You never left your room. You didn't want to fucking date girls. And then by the time they get to Aubrey Plaza and her husband get to the bedroom to settle down for the night, you know, he's on his computer it seemed to me that she starts looking at him differently. And I think probably yeah. we're supposed to get that, right? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And we also hear about Theo's alleged past about his, I guess, sexual uh, allegations against him a bit. True. Oh, True. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why he's <laughs> pantsing himself in, in the mirror. Jesus. <laughs> he knows no boundaries. Apparently not. Apparently not. So. And that, yeah, because they have like the, the episode starts off with they have like adjoining rooms that have that door mm-hmm. that you could open up and, you know, just have like a whole suite or something like that. And I'm like, why are they showing that? Why is the Aubrey Plaza like so vehemently against having that be a thing? Like, oh, I hope on, she doesn't know. fucking get with this guy. I can kind of see it, man. <sighs> yeah, I don't want it to happen, but I can kind of see the story going there. That's gonna suck. Yeah, she is. I love. I like her character a lot. Yeah, I, I find similarities with. <laughs> sure. Character. I don't want to be here. You know, <laughs> let people know. Literally in paradise, going, "Ugh, get out of here! <laughs> get out of here, paradise! God, sun! It does this all day. <laughs> it does this. All- it does this all day." I don't want to be so in- inclusive, this fucking all-inclusive. Look, if I want to pay for something, I'll, I'll pay for something if I want to pay for something. You're not going to tell me. <laughs> Pete, you're at any, I thought food and inclusive. drinks were just inclusive, not these people. <laughs> I don't know if I want to fuck around in a pool that small, too. You know? like mm. Wife and I are looking at you know different vacation spots, hotels, and, and whatnot, and different places. And I'm just like, that pool's too small. That a pool that small encourages the guests to talk, and I don't want to talk to anybody else. I just want to be mm. with my wife and fucking have some drinks and chill. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. meet strangers. Nope. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it sounds like you don't like that either, Jack. Yeah, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, 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 the whole idea of going to an you know a resort for a vacation to then. I don't know. Have to have to socialize. It's like I'm I'm here to not do work. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, why why am I tr- why am I paying all this money to go to a place that I now have to interact with other people? I, that just something about that doesn't make sense in my own head. But, That's yeah. the uh, the in laws when we go away. They talk oh to everyone. Oh, dude, yeah. same here. Same here. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's like. Where are you from? And then I'm mm-hmm. just like, bye. Right. <laughs> Out of here. We drove 11 hours to a vacation spot. <clears throat> and my in-laws were behind us. And I don't know, halfway through, we stopped at a gas station in bumfuck USA. Mm-hmm. Go to the bathroom. Come back. My mother-in-law's already chatting up people in the gas station. <laughs> Other people <laughs> pumping their gas. Going, are you yeah. on vacation? Da, 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 da. I'm just like, Ma, shut the fuck up, please. <laughs> Can you just not fucking talk to other people? Now, obviously, I didn't say that to her, but um, my wife did. And way better words than I could have. Yeah. It's a high. It's like a high or it's it like a, a nosy high. Like, I got to get high on this conversation right now yeah. i i got a oh, yeah. i got a gossipy dopamine hit that i need <laughs> I, I got a gossip dopamine fix i need to hit real quick yeah i'm running low i gotta fucking mm-hmm. go talk to a stranger 
<laughs> hey, how are you? And it's like, that's a raccoon, Ma. Fucking leave it alone. Oh, you think they're from like Reseda or Saskatchewan? I gotta, I gotta fucking find out. <laughs> I gotta find out. They're scratching their neck like they're fucking <laughs> all coked out and shit. So they, are, you, are you like a salesman in the Midwest or something? <laughs> I need my fix. Come on, somebody. Uh, Tell me where you're from. How many grandkids do you have? Hurry! Oh, then, like, how do you think they feel about having the RAV4 with the all-wheel drive? I, I, I gotta know. I gotta know. I gotta know, because I was thinking about that, They got that bikes too. on the back of their truck. Where are they going? What mountain? <laughs> so you guys bike? No, we're selling these. We're actually paraplegic, so... Uh... <laughs> it's a Facebook marketplace meetup. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you get back to the vacation house, and my mother-in-law is just like... You know, we met a couple who were, it's like you did, You talked to somebody at a gas station. It's not like you met up, you guys were at a bar or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like at a restaurant, like, hey, the other yep. table, what's going on? It's like, no, it's the random people at a gas station for four minutes. Four minutes. Mm. Fuck me. God damn it. God damn, I love White Lotus. Because <laughs> I was all hyped up. <laughs> White Lotus. <laughs> White Lotus, am I right, guys? Uh, I can't wait for episode two, man. I'm deep. I'm deep in the deep. White Lotus. Very nice. Jack, are you going to um, continue, and are you also going to go to season one? Uh, I think I'm going to put this back on the back burner, and whenever Meg and I get to it, we'll get to it. Um, I don't know. There's nothing here that's making me want to stick around right now. Yeah, so. I can see that. It's fine. It's fine. I, I like F. Murray Abraham. I like Michael Imperioli. I think the ingredients are here. It's just like sometimes you just got to wait uh, until – I don't know. You're ready to watch something. I just I feel like this is not in my wheelhouse right now. So, real piece of shit. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah sounds good. Sounds good. I mean, maybe uh, watch that first episode, uh, first season. Maybe it'll get you into the yeah. mood. Yeah, maybe, mood maybe. I, I just nothing. It, it, there's something weird that felt like really familiar about. The, again, I'm reminded of like the trip. Like the trip is not. It, it's like a conversation between two friends across like three or four seasons. Each season, Rob Bryden and Steve Coogan are playing themselves. One of the seasons, I think the most recent one, was in Italy. One was in Greece, one's in Italy. One, I think, is across England. And the whole conceit of the series is like Steve Coogan is playing himself. He's been hired by a magazine to go and review a bunch of restaurants as, you know, a celebrity. Brings mm-hmm. along his other celebrity friend, Steve, Rob Bryden. And the series is the two of them traveling, having conversations, eating some food, and, like, talking about their lives. And they're hilarious. But especially the the season when they're in Italy and Sicily, mm-hmm. I'm immediately reminded of all that watching this. So I kind of feel a little bit of, like, been there, done uh, that with yeah, the comedy gotcha. style yeah, and everything I can else. See that. So this this feels like something that I've already seen. And that maybe I mean, maybe this story goes in different places. I'm sure it does. But, like, right now I'm just kind of, like... Yeah, you know, I I don't. There's nothing like making me need to watch this right now. Yeah, I got you. That makes sense. Where I'm at. Yeah, makes sense. Would it make it a priority for you to like? All right, we're gonna continue. I mean, there's so much content anyway, right? So what what I'll say is, I'm not against going to watch season one, but I think Meg and I have just been waiting until like the two of us are ready to watch it. Um. I think that's all it is. At some point, we'll sit down and watch it, and uh, you know, we'll get to it then. So I, I, I'm in no like huge rush to do it now. So all right, fair enough, Pete. Two out of three ain't bad. Okay, sounds like you're tapping out. It sounds like it's tapping out. Yeah, oh. you know what? It's it's a it's a <laughs> you're going full cup. You went full cup. Timeout. We're taking a timeout. That's what we're doing. <laughs> mm, okay. 
I don't really like timeouts. <laughs> well, you guys kind of coined it like a week ago or a couple weeks ago. So yeah, did here. we? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, you, you so totally, you, Get out here. totally fucking did. Nobody yeah. would yeah, do that. Well, I've been right. finally catching up on my old binge casts because <laughs> I was getting through the commentaries. And you guys like – an episode or two ago, we were like, oh, I'm going to be able to take a timeout. And I was like, listen, we're allowed to. Timeout. Well, also, if we don't remember, it didn't exist. All right, moving on. Yeah, moving on. What do we got? <laughs> White Lotus, timeout. White Lotus, timeout. Okay. All right, two out of three ain't bad. You'll get back to it. I'm, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Uh, it's the F. Murray poll for you. Absolutely. And uh, Alexandra Daddario is in the first season. So mm-hmm. it's a couple mm-hmm. pulls for you. Should we do a little pee break? And then we'll get uh, to yeah. some moves. Absolutely. All right, let's do... Uh, I haven't played this one in a while. Here we go. You want a pee break, Sean? I need to pee at least. You guys... Oh, for fuck's sake. I have a suggestion. Can we do a quick pee break? Yes! Have you got the pee break or do I got the pee break? I can do it. You got it or... I got it. Here we go. Rises high, but nothing hides the sound it makes when it hits your thigh. It'll dry in just no time, pissing on your thigh. We are pissing now. A lot of piss came out of my penis. Bitch cast all night. I'm in here. We'll round up TV and review some flicks tonight. Probably. Then budgets have a poop surprise. Yummy. Set the balls tonight. Pissing now. Tickling pickles and shit. Bitch cast all night. Fuck your mother. Drinking my life. Hey, girl. Provoking. Ooh, did I get back first? Nice. You just beat me. God damn it. No, I didn't just beat you. I've been here for about five minutes. <laughs> you had all of us in that pee break sounder. I like that one. You're good, man. You're good. Oh, shit. That's right. I did it. Oh, that sounds yeah, really. That sounds really annoying now. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, I myself. Hey, I got all. I got everybody in there. Everybody hey, I did a good job, right, boys? Yeah. Okay. Well, what did you watch this week? Let's do it. And we're going to review Weird Al. What a wicked thing to do to make me surprise
What did you watch this week? What did you watch this week? When the road looks drunk ahead and you're miles and miles from getting some head. You just remember what Samson says. Okay. Oh, what did you watch this week? Huh? Yeah, you what did you watch this week? <laughs> no, nope, nope. All right. I wanted to play that because that was co written by one, or actually written by one Jack Valley. Look at that. There you go. Ghost written. Ghost written. The Bernie Toppin to your uh, Sir Elton. Oh, love that. Love that a lot. All right, boys. We all watched We're the El Yankovic story. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to uh, talk about this with you guys. Now, I had a I had trouble finding this. I mm, got my remote in my hand, and I was flipping through, and I couldn't find the Roku channel. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, but I found it. Do AMG, it. So, nice. AMG solves ninety percent of my content problems. Tell you that. Yeah. yeah, he's very good. Yeah, he's not bad. God, he's not guys, bad. So you're fucking patting yourselves on the back. Hey, Pete, you can what? do that at any point. You can do it at any point. Go ahead. And if you won't pat <laughs> yourself on the back, I'll pat you on the back, buddy. Maybe later. Maybe in the full binge. Hey, look, that's a tease right there. Patreon.com slash binge media in which I pat Pete on the back. Five bucks a month. <laughs> Wait, I don't get to do it myself? <laughs> Okay, now this is uh, co-written by Eric Apple and directed by Eric Apple, and also the, mm-hmm. the other co-writers, of course, Weird Al Yankovic. Do you guys know anything about Eric Apple? Because I had to look that up and kind of see what he had done in the past. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> so he's directed a ton of uh, TV shows, but mm-hmm. the thing he's most famous for is actually making the funnier die short weird the yeah the al yankovic story in like i don't know it was like 2011 or something damn so this movie is just a big budget well i guess modest budget feature length version of the funnier die short that him and weird al made like 10 years ago which is kind of nuts okay um but yeah he he did that he's a funnier die uh one of the original funnier die directors and then he's gone off and done a ton of different series. I think he did that. Uh, Kevin Hart had like an action series a year ago called Die Hart. I, I think he directed that. Um, a few other mm-hmm. things that I had recognized from his filmography. But yeah, just uh, I didn't know him from like a hole in the wall really until right, this came right, out. Right. Nice. Um, now, you had seen that, that Funnier Die skit? Oh, like yeah. It? Yeah. And how much? Uh, well, for, you want to kind of set the stage for the uh, the feature length? Yeah, so the the original has Aaron Paul playing Weird Al. So, oh, um, so my wife was like, "Why is Aaron Paul in the special things?" And I'm like, "Don't fucking yes. ask me questions. I don't know." Yes. Um, so he plays Weird Al in that, and the whole conceit of the original short was to just parody every um, uh, like like biopic, every musical biopic ever made. You know? Okay. Um, so any of the things in the theatrical movie that you see that are, are like direct parodies of like the doors or sure. walk the line or any of that stuff that all comes from the short. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. 
Madonna's in the short. Uh, I don't remember if there's a narrator in the short, but um, but yeah, it's it, it, everything in the short is in the movie. It's just like expanded on. Sure, you know, there's yeah. a lot more happening, obviously, because a lot more time. But, All right, but uh, yeah. nice. Fuck yeah, Pete. Where do you and Pete? I, I don't imagine that you're not uh, at least a semi fucking Weird Al fan. I mean, he's basically. The sounder, or a sounder spirit guide, as it were. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Weird Al, though. Um, never bought an album, never bought a single, never mm. uh, dove into anything on the, the web. I just knew him as the guy who did parody songs. Mm. Um, and I don't know all of them. I know, you know, the ones that are featured in uh, yeah. this movie. The big ones, the big ones. That's yeah. that's all I know. I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know like any of his albums like either. Yeah, I've never really dove too deep into the Weird Al discography. It's like whatever the singles were. I just listened to those. Yeah. I, I grew up with a few of them. Really? Uh, Bad Hair Day in particular. That's the one where Amish Paradise is on it. Okay. Um, that album is hilarious because there, there's there's his parodies, but he does two things on every album that that people kind of forget about. I feel like one is he always does a polka polka party, right? And and it's it's like a nine minute song of all a, a theme. So like he'll do the top ten Billboard songs in a given month. And he'll just make it one big polka medley. Oh, okay, yeah. um, another time he'll do like grunge songs as a polka medley. Gotcha. Um, so he does that on every one of his albums. And the other thing he does is he actually does record original music. And I, I, I think this one's original. If it's not, somebody correct me. But he has a song on Bad Hair Day called I Remember Larry. And it's this really upbeat song about like... You know, a couple of friends talking about their buddy Larry that they all used to know when they were kids and how he was a prankster and, you know, used to used to pull pull pranks on them and make fun of them. And they'd be like, oh, what a great guy Larry was, always fooling around and all that. And then the last verse of the song is the narrator of the song and his friends detailing how they took Larry out into the woods murdered him, cut him up, put him in a bag and buried him. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fucking hilarious. It was never one of his hits, but I, I always loved that song. Hey, there's always sleepers on an album. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I, I was actually looking forward to watching this so I could learn uh, <laughs> the history of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic, which yeah. um, I think maybe you got uh, it, though, right? Th- three minutes in, <laughs> I'm like, strap them dildos on, Yeah, y'all. yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you well, know? At least, I mean, it, was that a good thing that at least you know right off the hop that, all right, this is going to be, this is not a biopic. This is a parody biopic. This is something different. I, I caught on around maybe this maybe the second or third minute, maybe a little bit longer. And then Ooh. then it just kept getting bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and i'm like okay i'm not gonna get the real story here um, <laughs> so i did not i have no knowledge of um weird al yankovic history I, I still don't know how he came to be yeah i i mean i i wound up like as we're like loading up the movie and everything um 
I'm talking to my wife about because she's really excited to see this. She's a big Daniel Radcliffe fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knows Weird Al stuff, of course. It's just been he's been prevalent in all of our lives for so long. So she knows of him. Yeah. But I want to like doing pulling out like random Weird Al fucking trivia that I know in my head about like uh-huh. his parents and like where he lived and and I don't know Pete if that's from like a old behind the music thing that I watched maybe there was a documentary on him or something like that Jack but uh I don't maybe it, may, do you it seems like you kind of know maybe a little bit about his like real life background because I mean his parents aren't like that at all I mean I think his parents were like super supportive if anything yeah, you know, I I got to tell you, I don't know a ton about Weird Al's background. Like, okay. I know him as this sort of omnipresent entertainer um, that just completely has his own sense of humor. And this, like, in the movie's kind of like this, too. It's like he's he's a parody master, but he's even willing to, like, make fun of himself to the point of, what would, what anybody else doing it, it would be like cringe, but then he just pushes it farther. It I just laugh at it. I, yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but he's just like a very unique, I don't know, presence in entertainment. You know, there, there's, there's literally nobody I can think of that's quite like him and, and mm-hmm. is a fucking accordion virtuoso because yeah. Weird Al is an incredible accordion player, Absolutely. <laughs> which is nuts. Um, I don't I don't know his background. I don't know where that comes from at all. Now, I, I remember seeing and again, this is probably from uh, an old behind the music or some mm. some behind the scenes doc that I had seen on him, like of him on the Dr. Demento show playing another one rides the bus and somebody was slapping the, you know, doing the beat like a cajon yeah. on the accordion case and everything. So I don't know. I, it's, I have these weird memories of Weird Al, for some reason. I mean, not, I love parody, man, and it's not like he like invented parody, but he just did it his own way. Um, and yeah. even you know, like <laughs> there's <laughs> every time it came up, I was just laughing my ass off. The ongoing bit of like, look, I just want to put lyrics over existing songs. Like that's not like why is this a bit right. like every? So it's not like he's the first person to do that, but the way he did it, he just did it. That was in a way that was uniquely him, like outside of like just the accordion, you know? Well, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking back now. I remember knowing who Weird Al was, but then in the early days of like Napster and Kazaa and Bear Share and all those LimeWire, all those, those peer to peer torrent sites, mm-hmm. um, Weird Al being one of the first artists that I wanted to look up because it seemed like, it was just, I don't know why at the time, but it seemed like it was difficult to find his music. And it seemed like there were a lot of songs that he had made that weren't necessarily available on at the time CD. So mm-hmm. I remember always searching for as many Weird Al songs as possible, whether it was like, you know, around the time episode one came out, he had that uh, The Saga Begins, which yep. was the American Pie parody. Absolutely. Um, on an earlier album, he had the Yoda, Lola parody, all, all mm-hmm. that stuff. But um, I have heard in in later years that one of the things that Weird Al, he was smart about was that he he understood that it didn't make sense to fight 
people who were like trying to acquire his stuff illegally. But the one problem he oh, did have with it was getting like songs misattributed to him that that he didn't actually make. Like mm-hmm. it was one thing for him to have a parody and somebody want to go and like you know grab a copy of something illegally. It's like whatever. But he kind of understood that would be better for his brand. Yet. You know, somebody would download something from like the Jerky Boys and label it as Weird Al, and he'd get <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little oh, upset about I that. Hate kind those of those fucking you know? mislabeled. God damn it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the story itself is, you know, we see Weird Al as a young kid. Um, you know, gets exposed to the to to the accordion. His parents, you know, his mom is supportive. His dad is, you know, works at the factory, whatever they make there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, he just grows up. He, Grows up, winds up being a teenager, going to, you know, defying his parents and going to a party. Turns out to be a polka party. That's right. kind of like a rager. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm fucking just, just so in with this movie by this point. Yeah. <laughs> because, and I'm waiting for the bit to tire. And don't get me wrong. It, do, it doesn't in certain parts, but it's very, very, very few very few and far between. I think the line where most people are going to decide whether or not they're they're going to be in with this movie or out is when Al's mom turns to him and says, "We prefer we're, we're telling you that we, you should really stop doing what you love and focus on just working." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, all right, you know, it, it, you got to be on board at that point. So. How did, how did all that land for you, Pete? I fucking love this movie so much, Excellent. man. Nice. This, I, once I caught on to what the hell was happening here, I, I think I laughed like every minute or every two minutes. Something mm. fucking made me laugh out loud. Um, this was just such a fucking great watch, man. Mm. I think the only downtime for me is like the uh, tripping scene. Sometimes I just fucking hate tripping scenes in mm-hmm. movies i fucking can't stand it they could have done without that fucking scene but i'm not holding that yeah it's yeah it's yeah my, it's my only negative that i have written here that uh that scene for some reason was reminding me of tenacious d pick of destiny a little bit well, there's a like, lot uh, of tenacious d going on in this movie yeah mm-hmm. yeah big time but uh mm-hmm. yeah I, especially the uh i'm just to go off the tenacious d thing uh, that pool party, <laughs> I can't imagine. My, my wife and I talked about that for like ten to fifteen minutes about how fucking fun that must have been to film, and how like people must have just been breaking out laughing a hundred percent of the time. And like, are we even going to get this thing done? Because I don't know if you guys looked at the cast list for everybody that was. So, uh, Doctor Demento invites Weird Al to a pool party, and it's this is like. This is like Jack Horner in Boogie Nights inviting Dirk Diggler to the house, right? Right. Everyone shows up, and there's just a bunch of fucking people there partying. But in Dr. Demento's house, there's like Tiny Tim is there, Gallagher is there, Alice Cooper is there, uh, Andy Warhol, Salvador Dali, which one of my favorite quips in the whole movie is like 10 seconds. It's like not even 10 seconds. It's real quick. It's Andy Warhol coming up and just going, hello, Dolly. And it's like, he's talking to Salvador Dolly. It's like, that's, it's so stupid. 
But um, the, the, I don't know if you looked at the cast list at who played who. I can't imagine hmm. that was an easy fucking uh, scene to film, like, at all. No. Yeah, no, Jack Black in no. there, Conan O'Brien, Paul F. Tompkins. Uh... Yeah, Dimitri Martin is Dimitri Martin, yeah, there, there you go, yeah, yeah. yeah. You had fucking uh, Akiva Schaefer and uh, Yorma Tacone, but So I was kind of, like, waiting for fucking Andy Samberg to show up. I figured they'd have all three. But... <laughs> oh, that would have tapped Pete out. Oh, thank you, <laughs> yeah, but we had uh, what's his fuck, um, last man on earth guy. Oh, Will Forte. Yeah, oh, that guy's the worst. Well, he was in. You know, wasn't in a lot though. Pete wasn't in a lot. No, he wasn't in a lot. And thank <laughs> God we had uh, Al Yankovic in that scene to fucking right. definitely. Thank definitely. God. Um, that pool scene. One of my favorite characters that's just like standing there was fucking Divine. Oh, so, do you guys know? Yeah, okay. 100%. Pete, do you know who Divine is? Um, was that the um I'm going to just say no just so we can get this ball rolling. Yeah, <laughs> sure. No. Uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so so Divine was this like fucking in the scene it's it's the dude that's clear like the woman that's clearly a dude with like painted on purple eyebrows and you know gigantic kind of, oh, okay. yeah, 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 rack yeah. and all that. The drag. Divine. Right? Yeah. yeah, the drag. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Divine was a fucking actor in John Waters movies, but but Divine is famous for at the end of one of John Waters movies, uh, eating dog shit on camera, literally <laughs> like real literal dog shit. <laughs> so so the fact that like Divine is is a cameo in this is just fucking hilarious. Yeah, like yeah. out of why the fuck would Divine be there with all those other people? You know? <laughs> oh man. I saw. Now you guys are familiar with UHF. I'm guessing. A little bit, yeah. It's been a L- long time since oh, okay. I've seen it, though. Pete, never seen it. Never seen it. Oh man, it, one of my favorite movies as a kid. Just loved it. Just, like, have always loved parody. Like even as a kid, just seeing what you're used to, and then just seeing a knockoff version of it, and somebody being stupid about it was always just fucking hilarious. It, it, UHF, Weird Al and his buddy, they take over a news. Uh, station or, or a, a broadcast company, a really small one, and just make up all their own TV shows. Mm-hmm. So there's like Rambo, there's Wheel of Fish, there's all kinds of stuff in there. And the like that kind of vibe is in this movie. But okay. like UHF is like way sillier, obviously, but like. Mm. It, like so much of that spirit is in this movie, which I just fucking absolutely loved. Um, what did you guys think of Daniel Radcliffe as a as weirdo? I, I gotta say, I, I I don't know DiCaprio in Titanic, right? Like he was he was very much like a fucking like heartthrob, whatever, and then got the clout and then did whatever the fuck he wanted up until today, right? I feel like Radcliffe is doing the same thing with Harry Potter. Like he put his time in and he just does whatever the fuck he wants now. And I think it's so smart. And all those kids really, right? Well, yeah, a bunch of them. I mean, Emma Watson is kind of, you know, she fell into the Disney thing a little bit, but, um, Mm -hmm. Mm but yeah, Ron Weasley's been in some shit too. Actually. He's in cabinet. Yeah. Um, I think he's great. I, I, he he was part of what was making me laugh throughout this this runtime. I thought I thought he was great. How fucking short is that dude though? He's so, he he's, so he's such a tiny little man. 
I, I, I love the part where he, he first goes to college. He's just hanging out with all those dudes. And yeah. the my Bologna thing. Like, you know, you fucking know where it's going when the scene starts. And the fact that they know that the audience knows what's coming is even funnier to me. That's what makes it like I mean, that whole thing super funny to me. It, it, it kind of reminds you a little bit of watching Jackass because ja- part of what's so funny about Jackass is like, you know that that guy knows he's about to get hit in the nuts with a two by four. Sure. You know it, right? Mm-hmm. And it happens. And then everybody just loses their mind laughing at how fucking stupid it is. It kind of had that feel at, at times with this movie. Oh, 100%. And that's why I think the whole eat it, beat it thing is fucking brilliant. Because it's like, okay, so the eat it's coming up. And then the, the, the fat thing, it like comes up. And you're just like, all right, here we go. But it, more particularly the eat it and beat it thing because you think it's going to be one thing. But then it's not like at all. Right. Same thing with the the Madonna and the like a surgeon thing, and you're just right. like that's a fucking long way to go for a bit. That was a long way to go. I mean, we're talking ten fifteen minutes, and like <laughs> I appreciate the commit to the bit. So great, mm-hmm. such a great time, man. I I will fucking watch this shit again. Absolutely, man. This was so time. much fun. His parents were great. Um, the whole supporting cast was great i i just like couldn't get enough of this it was it was so much fucking fun his roommates were great mm-hmm. too oh my like you just think they're just gonna be jock making fun of him but they're fucking so on board with his accordion playing and shit yeah. they're so on board oh, and they apparently just all know how to play instruments too uh <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when you get on stage. Oh my god! Oh my god! He's like, Why did you guys tell me you could play instruments? He's like, oh, we didn't really think it was relevant until right now. <laughs> so, and Pat Oswalt like, in the, in the, as a cameo oh in the god. in the crowd. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the party scene. They're like, come on, man, you got to try this. You think yeah. it's like drugs, but it's just an accordion. <laughs> Fucking so funny. So, I loved everything about this, man. This is. This was the sounder version of a fucking biopic. That's what I'm saying. He's I the fucking, fucking loved it. He's the sounder spirit guide, I feel like. So much fun. Uh, yeah. It, it landed, you know, I knew this was coming out. I I think it could have gone either, you know, in one way or the other. Like, it was either going to nail it or it was going to be, you know, I love Tenacious D, but like Pick a Destiny is not a great movie. I, I kind of felt like it was going to be. A pick a destiny kind of thing. Yeah. I'm glad that it wasn't. I think it, it really like stayed true to uh, to like the Weird Al sense of humor, and mm. I think it nailed it. I, I think they did a great job. Yep. I think especially so because there's been so many biopics. Oh, I mean, even Elton John was at the part at the pool party too. Like he didn't right, right. street time. They just passes by him. But I think they kind of nail it with the one sheet and the poster. Like, it seems like it's one of those, uh, whatever the fucking Ellen John movie is. Um, Rocket Rocket Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It reminds me of um, the Freddie Mercury one. Mm -hmm. But to be able to hoodwink the audience and just go like, no, then none of this was serious. Right. And they commit to the non-seriousness of a biopic is just fucking fantastic. 
Like yeah. the timing, the timing or the timeline of everything like doesn't make sense either. I, right. I fucking really like that too. Like yeah. how was I'm just, you know I don't want to fucking spoil anything, but right. I I just love the indignation around like what you mean I'm gonna anytime anybody listens to eat it they're gonna be thinking of Michael Jackson now. It's <laughs> <laughs> like. Ugh. Al's on the other line. He's like, well, he's actually a pretty good artist in his own right. I don't think that's the worst thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A little meta, but it's good shit. Very meta. Good shit. Very meta. Like, if you know, and you the, know kind of thing. Yeah. When uh, they're at the table with the mom, and she's fat, and they do the lyrics, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. pant to him, and he doesn't do anything, and they're like, no, nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't pick up goes, on the song. I'm fat. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> so, <laughs> deadpan, very matter-of-fact. Yeah, like they gave him a hit, and he's just right. not seeing it. Oh my god, the dad's story! I mean, just fucking it was unbelievable. I did get laugh fatigue, though. I'll tell you that. I got laugh fatigue where I got a little tired of just laughing every few seconds, like you said, Pete. At mm-hmm. about like when Escobar shows up, Pablo yeah. Escobar shows up. Like, I, I like they kind of like mention him a few times throughout the movie mm-hmm. to just kind of set up the whole bit. But yeah. uh, by that point, I was like, I was starting to get a little tired, a little fatigued. A little it, bit. Yeah. It was the tripping scene. The Madonna thing went a little too long for me. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to stay within the music business and him just playing shows and writing songs. Like that stuff is hysterical. Mm. Um, but I, it, it didn't bother me that much to uh, hate this movie or have any negative uh, review about it. Mm-hmm. But just little 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 tidbits could have been left out, and I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have cared. What's well, interesting, Jack, that you said that a lot of those funny or die kind of scenes or bits where they're like parodying other music biopics or whatever. Yeah. Because I felt like they, they were for, like in hindsight, it seemed a little forced, like building up to that doors moment scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like where the fuck are we right now? It's like, oh, right. we're getting to the doors moment. OK, so it yeah. does make sense that they were just trying to fit those kind of things in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, <laughs> and I, I saw love that Funny doors or die. scene, too. Mm-hmm. I saw Funny or Die as like uh producing credit in the beginning and i'm mm-hmm. like I, I, I was like wait a minute i know i know funny or die i know their videos that they put out but i'm like ah, oh, maybe them and weird al have something and they felt like he's weird they're weird mm. but we'll make it a real documentary type thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep but it, it didn't yeah but I'm kind of I'm happy with what I got, man. I was just I was just thinking about how uh, two things earlier in the polka party when he's a teenager, where it cuts to the girl who's like she's carrying like one of the vinyls and she's talking to the other girl about different polka players. Yeah, and then she's just like. Oh, that Minnesota sound. I just love it so much. It's like something that nobody's ever said in their entire life. That Minnesota sound. Not a thing. Like, what are we talking about here? It's just a very specific polka piece of knowledge that is fucking hilarious to me. 
I mean, the only other time Polka has been a plot point or like a, like anything in a movie is is when fucking John Candy is yes. the Polka King of like what was Illinois or whatever. <laughs> Sheboygan, really big in Sheboygan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> in Chicago, polka, polka, Sheboygan. Polka. Yeah. You know, Polka, Polka, Polka. She's like, no, no. <laughs> and oh, the other man. thing was when, so. A couple of things hilarious about the Pablo Escobar scene for me is he's having a fucking birthday party for himself. Uh, he has mariachis playing, and he's Colombian. That's fucking just funny <laughs> for me, just on its own. And then he goes, uh, so the mariachis are playing, and Weird Al is like, you know, some distance from him, but he, but Pablo can't hear what he's saying. He's like, hold on, let me turn down the music pulls out his gun and just starts shooting in the air so they fucking just flee the garage or wherever they're in <laughs> so they can stop playing. Fucking hysterical, man. Okay. Ratings. What do we got, boys? What do we got? Um, I will I will throw down first. Um, this movie was a very nice surprise. I, you know, you, you see it's a Roku exclusive. Um, I didn't see a trailer for it. I like Daniel Radcliffe. I like that Weird Al was involved, but like I, I didn't have expectations for it other than you know it, it could go either way. Luckily, it went the way that I I liked. Um, I thought this movie was hilarious. Honestly, this is like the funniest movie I've seen in a while. I, I can't think of another straight up comedy that's come out in the last few years mm-hmm. that I, I laughed as consistently at. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that was that was pretty great. Reminded me a little bit of Airplane. You know, yes. in that sort of like parody way. Yep. Um, I, I'm not a big Hot Shots guy, but I saw that Law mentioned on uh, Facebook that this reminded him of Hot Shots a lot. Oh, nice, so nice, yeah, hell yeah. I can kind of see that. Um, made by the Zucker yeah. brothers from Airplane. Exactly. Nice. But uh, yeah, I, I had a I had a great time with this. I got more than I I wanted out of it. Um, I, I I think it's an eight. I think this is an easy eight for me. They're nice. Um, I will see your eight. Hmm. And I'll raise you a nine, sir. Whoa. Yes. Sir. Whoa. Holy shit. I fucking love this movie. This <laughs> is so much fucking fun, man. Nice. Laughing my balls off at stupid jokes. And Jackie nailed it. I, I don't know the last comedy that has come out that made me laugh this hard. Yeah. Um, and it was a complete surprise. Like you said, I didn't watch a trailer. Obviously, I was expecting a fucking real biopic and it's not right. what i got and it's still fucking knocking me out of my socks so nine on ten man it's gonna be my top ten of the year i think wow god damn jeez yeah i'm gonna echo you guys and say that uh it, it it's been a while so, and that's the thing right it's like everyone's like there's not there's no good comedies anymore well Weird might fucking say other things about that because this fucking movie's hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, like, people talk about, like, you know, Game Night. Game Night's a fucking great comedy. You know, that's a fucking great comedy. Or that fucking other movie. I don't even know what that is, but... they, they It's not like Hollywood has stopped making comedies. It's just that they're not funny. They're not good. Mm-hmm. And I think this shows that you can do a a fucking movie like this and is this rated R? Uh, it, that's hmm. that's a good question. I don't. I don't know. know. Let's see. Uh, either TV way, fourteen. 
Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. Oh, right, because it's the Roku channel. Um, I, I think that kind of says it all then for me because like you don't need a rated R movie to be funny. It doesn't need mm-hmm. to be rated R for it to be fun. You know, that, that's not indicative of a fucking highly hilarious movie. You can make shit funny if you're fucking clever enough. And I fucking praise that kind of thing. It, Jack, when you said you were going with an eight, that's what I was going to go with. And I'm like, if Jack's giving it an eight, I'm going to give it a nine. I'm giving it a nine. Oh, giving it a fucking nine. God damn. And like, I was hesitant to give it a nine going into this, but now I just talking with you guys about it. It's just, it's, it's all, it's all right there, man. I fucking love this movie. It's fucking hilarious. I think Radcliffe is hilarious in it. I think he plays it fantastic. He probably takes his shirt off a little bit too many times. Um, did you see that tight little five 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 body? <laughs> He's a tiny man. Have to He's a tiny little a man. Sc- yeah, I'm going to grab a screenshot of that right now. Okay, very good. Very good. I did notice uh, the kid from Unbreakable is one of his... Yeah, uh, band band members. Yeah, Gladiator good to see he's kid. getting work. Gladiator kid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that. Oh my god, man! I, I I can't wait to see it again. Honestly, like yeah. this is good background movie material. I think uh, I could be could be wrong, but this feels. I know we've said about com- comedies in the past, but this feels commentary worthy to me. Um, a couple more rewatches. I feel like this could be. This could be a good commentary. This could be a fucking hangout watch, too. I feel like this is a perfect movie for that. I, I was just going to say that. Like, the next time we're all together in the same room, we might have to throw this on in the background. Yeah. A couple edibles. What? A couple edibles. Just interrupted myself to say what. Um, <laughs> God damn it. I love this movie. It's fantastic. Nice. Fantastic. Did you guys stick around for the credits? Uh, got through most of the credits, then walked away. Didn't know if there was a post credits that uh, I missed. Well, he did a bit with the post credits. Okay, so he like <clears throat> the the credits are rolling, and you know how they stop at a certain point. You're gonna get a uh, uh, a, a scene, post credit scene. Mm-hmm. They continue again, and he's like, "Oh, you thought it was gonna be a blah 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 blah," you know, like yeah. <laughs> so he oh, just calls I it saw. out. He does he does it multiple yeah. times. All the way to the end, <laughs> and talks about getting nominated for a Grammy or something or an Oscar. Yeah, like for best song the, the song's day. technically eligible for Oscar consideration. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. I fucking god damn, I love this guy. Love him, and that's the thing. Like, I love raw, dirty sh- humor, and this could be as clean as you can get. Yeah, and like you don't have to swear, you don't have to fucking you know make up these ridiculous scenarios that are dirty or whatever. Like he's just wholesome as fuck. Mm. It's fantastic. Yeah. Good point. All right. Two nines and um, an eight. Anybody looking for a good YouTube rabbit hole? Sure. Um, one of weird Al's last tours. I don't know if it was the one he just finished or the one a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he goes out, he, he plays, his music, he plays some of his originals, some of his covers. I think one of his tours was focused on his original stuff. But what he did was for every encore of his show, 
him and his band played a different cover song, not a parody, but a straight cover of mm -hmm. whatever. And almost all of them are on YouTube. They're all amazing. He is so for as much as like his sense of humor is great and all that stuff, he's a great musician. He Just a really great musician is. On top of it, yeah. And and like you hear the different genres that him and his band play and the different kinds of of music. He's just like a the guy's a total package. Like he's just a, an awesome entertainer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know if you if you ever want to waste an hour while you're trying to fall asleep one night, that those are those are great videos to check out. Nice, nice. I also just love the fact that Coolio had no sense of humor when it came to Amish <laughs> Paradise. That's like one of my favorite fucking tidbits of music history. He's just like. Because I can rem I, I remember it specifically. He was talking to the press after receiving the Grammy for Gangster's Paradise. And he's like mm -hmm. polishing it. Just going like, there's some real shit out there. <laughs> like, I, I don't, why is he making fun of it? You know, like, he wants to come up to me. Don't fucking talk to me about that. Like, come on, dude. Come on. Don't fucking take yourself too seriously. Weird Jesus Al Christ. had a story on maybe Fallon or Kimmel or something. Uh, this past week, where he was talking about, he he was in the SNL studio while he was performing one night, and he was trying to get in touch with Nirvana to do a "Smells Like Teen Spirit" cover because he had yeah, an yeah. idea for it. Mm -hmm. And apparently, he called. He got a call from Kurt Cobain while they were about to perform on mm. SNL, and he gets on the phone with him, and, and Kurt Cobain was just like. Uh, you know, weird. I was like, yeah, I'd really like to do the song. Love your work. I have an idea for a parody. I just wanted to see what you thought of that. And I guess Kurt Cobain immediately was like, yeah, I guess that'd be cool. Uh, what was it going to be about? Like food or something? Uh, you know, something, <laughs> something to do with uh, something to eat. And he's like, nah, I mean, you know, I might do something different. He's like, oh, all right. Well, if it was about food, that would be fine with me too. You know, whatever you want to do, that's fine. <laughs> but that's awesome. Good shit. Uh, okay. Fucking weird. Fucking weird beard. All right. Uh, also, like, I just want to give props to Tom Lennon for t just t absolutely taking a beating. Absolutely just getting the fucking <laughs> shit kicked out of himself. Love that guy. Collapsed yeah, lung. Uh, blood all over the <laughs> We're trying to have a conversation over here. <laughs> we will take you up on that accordion. <laughs> Yeah. I just like, I, I, such a soft spot in my heart for the door to door salesman. And like, just the way he plays it with the fucking stupid hat, the hmm. suit. He's just, and like, that's what you would want to do to a door to door salesman. Just kick the shit yeah. out of him. And he does. So fucking good. great. So good. Okay. All right. On the other side, everybody, on the full binge, as we're wrapping up this free binge, we are going to be reviewing some more TV some more movies, and listening to some more voicemails. Uh, Pete, you want to give us a little plug for Park Sense as we head out? Yeah, go to parksense.com and use that promo code BINGE20 for 20% off on uh, candles, room sprays, wax melts. Get the theme park smells, your favorite theme park smells, rides and attractions, and just smells throughout the park. 20% off. It's gonna, Christmas is coming up, so uh, it's going to be a good Christmas gift, so check them out. They got Absolutely. some good bundles out there. Absolutely. Jack, you got anything to plug? Uh, no, just keep your ears uh, peeled. We have uh, begun discussions about the new movie homework, whatever that might be. So uh, 
might be hearing about that pretty soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, 708-406-9546 is the Google voicemail number for you to leave a voicemail for us. We'll answer it on the show. we got a few more to listen to on the other side. Uh, and if you're not with us, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the BingeCast on BingeMedia.net. To listen to the full binge, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bingemedia. Binge Media patrons will get access to the full binge, the BingeCast four-hour show on a private RSS feed, and they'll get it a full 24 hours before it hits the public RSS feed. Binge Media patrons also get other perks, so check us out at patreon.com slash bingemedia. Subscribe to the Binge Media Podcast Network at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, the full binge.